With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, Mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Thanksgiving, so maybe that's it. I hope all the listeners have a good Thanksgiving and enjoy um, 
a pretty good display of Thanksgiving games. Um, the, the way we're going to do this show, we're, we've been messing around with a couple formats as we are um, a fairly new show. Um, we're going to try to give you all a, a decent recap of last week's NFL games. Um, of course, talk news, some big injury news coming out, um, especially from New England. And then we're going to go ahead and we'll talk, um, of course, the upcoming games, specifically Steelers-Giants and the other games that we as Steelers fans and AFC North fans should keep an eye on moving forward. And if any of y'all would like to get in on the discussion, the number is 347-850-8581. We want to talk last week's game, this week's game, playoffs, Super Bowl, anything that has to do with football, you got it. This is the spot to do it. All right, so starting out, um, starting out, I guess we'll, we'll start with um, briefly um, do a little recap of uh, the Thanksgiving games. I know it feels like um, forever ago, but that was just the last um, last games that were played. Vikings over the Lions, thirteen or Lions over the Vikings, thirteen to sixteen. Um, stat that I found really interesting: they, the Lions, have trailed in the fourth quarter of every game they played this season and are somehow still seven and four and have a better record than the Steelers. I don't know how I don't know how they're doing it, but it's impressive for sure. Um and the the Vikings just seem on a downward trend. We'll talk about them more. We're gonna end with the with the Thursday night game. A few of these games we're gonna send around the room, um talk about but not all of them. Um also we have the Redskins versus the Cowboys Cowboys losing, uh, Cowboys winning, continuing uh, their winning streak, 31-26. to um, Kirk Cousins playing uh, maybe an, an all-time high for him, definitely proven um, that he deserves that new contract. And the game we all want to talk about, Steelers versus the Colts. Steelers winning 28-7. to um, Big story of the game that stood out to me, I thought, was our, our three rookies stepping up, playing well. Um, and, of course, this important goal. Um D-line fans. Definitely want to get you guys' thoughts on this game. Go ahead, Bo. Uh Yeah, uh, biggest takeaway, I think um, just the, the Steelers uh, looked in they were, they were in control the whole game. I mean, it never as much as uh, the Colts, you know, two long drives and the Steelers, as you said, made those goal line fans. They looked in control. It was frustrating at times because waiting for them to put the game away. But it was good to see their. I mean, their their offense. Ben played great. I did not see him make one. He only threw the ball twenty times because they only had to. Um, they they ran the ball. I did not see him make like one bad read, one bad throw, other than a couple. Say he underthrew Sammy Coates a couple times, but uh, the the defense the defense uh, set up. They got a lot of pressure. On Tolzien, Tolzien hung in there. I was, I was, I give him credit because I didn't give him much of a chance. The guy hasn't played much, and they were, the Steelers were beating the crap out of him for a lot of the game. But if you watch Javon Hargrave, he he was getting through time and time again. Uh, he didn't get sacks, but he got hits. Two a guy hits on him. Um, as you said, the rookie step up, Sean Davis on that play on the goal line, read it. Knew the golden head, uh, the tight end, and came up and didn't hesitate. Maybe he got helped by the fact that Tolzien stumbled a little bit, but didn't hesitate and came up and made made up. Just again, thought they could have put it away a little bit earlier, but 
impressive. They they seem to be at least, you know, hey, maybe you just give them more confidence, but everybody seems to be on the same page. The defense the last few games, uh, if people say we're soft, I these guys have hit harder in these last two games, and, and I don't think anybody can call our defense uh, soft. We're not to give up yards, give up points. They're hitting hard. That's 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 my thing. The guys are flying around. They seem it seems like they're it's starting to come to them easier. So um, and indoors against that defense, then they the Steelers put up twenty eight. It seems like they should have been able to put up like forty eight. But uh, I mean they they look back on track. The offensive line was playing well. They're starting to get healthy, and just the two plays that Ladarius Green had, it was only two. But if you could start to get plays like that. You had a 32-yarder and a 35-yarder. That's what you need, just a couple of them a game, just a couple of plays, as Todd Haley likes to say, or somebody not named Antonio Brown. So I, I think we're starting to see uh, what they could get back to. So um, encouraging, yeah, it's only the Colts, but uh, encouraging. What do you think, Sable? Uh The three Bs on offense did well, Bell, uh, Ben, and Brown, the offensive line looked nice. Um, I'm worried a little bit about DeCastro. I don't know if you guys heard today. Uh, I don't know if he uh, practiced today. I don't know what was wrong with him. But just like you said, Green got down long, caught two, you know, 30-yard passes, 30-yard-plus passes and everything. On defense, Mike Mitchell played a real nice game. You know, usually I talk bad about him. He played real nice. Burns come up big. Um, he's getting better every week. So is Sean Davis. Uh, the linebackers, James Harrison is just, he's a monster. <laughs> I mean, he's just unbelievable in everything. Dupree got more snaps. Now we're going to have to worry. You've got a five-man um, linebacker, and who's going to be the one left out? I'm sorry, it's got to be Jarvis Jones. Uh, Hargrave played nice. Um, the three rookies, just like you said, really stepped up to it, was all over the place that were there. But here's the interesting thing. This is the first time since 1971 that we've had three rookie starters on the Steelers. So what's that, 45 years? Or <laughs> I can add right. Um, do you guys know who the three starters were? As rookies, 1971. Not a chance, no chance. <laughs> um, I did see something about this. I saw a reference to this, so I, I, I don't know that I'm gonna get it. I didn't think it was '71. I thought it was '74, but um, no, '74 was the big draft that we had all the Hall of Fame. Right. So I, I thought in a game, I thought they said it was like Lambert and Donnie Shell. And uh, with Jimmy Allen, uh, the defensive back. But uh, apparently I'm wrong. As long as you're going to tell me. So who was it in 1971? 71, it was Dwight White, second-round pick, Jack Ham, and the <laughs> safety, Mike Wagner. So that was the last time that they had three starters like that. I'm, wow. I don't know if we're going to say – Hargrave's going to be as good as Dwight White. <laughs> and, well, there's a possibility of Burns or uh, Sean Davis being as good as Wagner, but I don't think anyone's uh, – to me, J- 
Jack Cam's the best linebacker to ever play for us. You know, I'm sorry, Jack Lambert, but I think Jack Cam was the best linebacker. So I, I thought yeah. the Colts game was one of their, you know, it was a good game. It was Thanksgiving away and everything, and everyone played good. I, I had nothing. To, it was a good game. I ate my turkey. I had stuffing like crazy. I ate a whole bowl of that, and I had some excellent gravy and everything. I was a happy man. <laughs> there's nothing that makes um, us all as happy as the full stomach, good company, and a serious win. And I think most of us had had all of that um, on Thursday. It was just an all-around good game. David, what I don't understand, though, is you can name all the, the last time three rookies started for those events, all the way back to 71, but you couldn't give me a Browns quarterback that Ben faced last time. <laughs> <laughs> that is you know, I got wild a wildcat guy. When I went with Josh Cribs, I thought that would <laughs> shut me off and everything, but he didn't. He didn't start and everything. That he really was so he was going. The problem was go. none of them were any good. So how would I remember them? The only one I remembered right off the top of my back was Anderson, and Freddie did all the guys from last year. He remembered Manzel. <laughs> Because him and Manziel went out drinking, probably, or any reason he remembered them. <laughs> I mean, that's I just, I, I, going like, I had, I had. I said, did Ben that. get any of them? And then you start naming them. I was like, and then my wife comes in and she names one. <laughs> you know, she's on her deathbed and she comes up with uh, Brian Hoyer. No, no, oh, jeez. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Bleeding black and gold right there. Yeah. All right, guys, moving on because we we, do, we have a little bit different format, so we're sticking a um, little bit, doing things a little bit different because Steelers Cold team talked about it a lot. So we're going to move on from that one, um, talk a little bit more about last week's game, and get right on into this coming week. Um, one game that started out, Rams versus Saints. Saints win 49-21. But something to take away from that game, Jared Goff making his second start, and it was pretty close to night and day from – the week before. I mean, he, he ended up with 214 yards, three touchdowns, over 100 pass rating, um, which I believe the week before he had something, he had less than 200 yards. Um, I believe he had no touchdown. I mean, it was it was just nice day against, I mean, granted a poor Saints defense, but I mean, it, good thing for LA fans, um, very good thing for Jeff Fisher, who's, you know, on, on a hot seat over there trying to hang on to his job. Um if your number one pick actually starts making these strides. All right, uh, moving on, Falcons versus Cardinals. Falcons won 38-19. Cardinals season done. I'm such a disappointment for this team. Um, and disappointment for the Browns, too, having to sit back and watch Taylor Gabriel, who, Sabo, you picked up on your fantasy team. Um, but, man, they're using him well. He only caught four passes, but he took two of them to the house on screenplays. And they were plays of like over 20 yards. So he's had four passes and he's averaging something like 21 yards a catch for that game. Um, it, it was just it was just on the watch. I don't just another thing that makes you question what the Browns are doing in that organization because um, it's not like he signed a monster contract or anything. This guy was just a talented player that they decided to move on from. Um, no, I was gonna say that's 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 pretty much what the Browns do. If they have somebody with talent, they don't keep them around. Not wrong there. Um, Fire right now. Not, 
<laughs> if they if they let go of Pryor, I'm that would just be shocking. Um, because that dude he is so raw, but he's ready to go. All right. Um, Bengals versus Ravens. This is one I know we're probably going to spend a little bit of time on. Um, this is a game of two horrible offenses. Um, it it was on TV here, and I wanted to tune in because you know, of course, I wanted the uh, Ravens to lose and stuff. Um, but man, it was just it was boring to watch. Um, there was not a lot going on in that game at all. Um, one thing that did, of course, stand out is Suggs and Doomerville. Doomerville back now. Suggs, I believe, had two sacks. Doomerville had the strip sack to end the game um, and win it for the Ravens. And then, of course, the play that everyone's talking about that I truly don't understand why it's such a big deal is that big holding call at the end of the game that I know a lot of people are tired of hearing about. But for me, at least, um, I didn't understand why people were up in arms about this. I mean, it's in the rule book. They followed the rule. They won the game. I didn't have any sort of problem with it. I don't know if either of you guys did. Uh yeah, as far as that play, I mean the the rule the rule is that you know I think most people are familiar with you know a, a half or a game can't end on a defensive penalty, but there's nothing about an offensive penalty. You know the clock can run out; it's okay. So that's the rule. Um, for me, I mean it's likely if you guys remember the 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 Ravens were punting and there was like eleven seconds left and they didn't want any chance of the pump being blocked or the the Bengals returning it potentially for a touchdown. So they killed the eleven seconds by having all their guys just outright do WWF holds on the Bengals so they couldn't get them and their punter uh ran around and ran out of the back end zone for intentional safety. And then that, that ran the clock out. Um so while there's nothing against it in the rules, and it's not likely that the Bengals were going to win, it just to me leaves a just a bad taste. Is like, so we ended it this way with with somebody doing something patently against against you know you, you don't normally tell your guy go out and hold the guy. It it just seems I don't know I don't want the NFL to overanalyze it or overthink it. Uh, so I don't know what the answer is. It just seems like this is what you teach your players to do to intend. It just it seems wrong, even though it's. I know you're saying, Matt. There's no no rule against it. It just seems like a game should end like that, where the guy with the team intentionally tackling the other guys. Uh, um, as as far as and I'll I'll let Sable get on that in a second. As far as the other thing that stood out. Um, you talk about the juxtaposition. The, the the Ravens have Mr. Robot Kicker Tucker who can't miss. He made a he made three fifty yarders. The one was fifty seven. Um, so they kicked four field goals, and the Bengals kicker Nugent missed both extra points again, and he missed them against the Bills. I don't even know how the guy is still on the team. I thought he was going to go the way of, of Blair Walsh. Because the Bengals only had 12 points going up to that time, time and they got the the last two on the safety. Um, so yeah, this this you're right. It was, it, I'm sure it was boring to watch. I was rooting for the Bengals. They without I, their their offense is worse than not as good as it was last year. And without AJ Green and without Giovanni Bernard, I I knew they would need a prayer to try to score against the, the Ravens, and they can't. They the Bengals. Uh, 
uh, Ted Nugent or Mike Nugent has cat scratch fever. I was going to say, I don't know what he's doing, but uh, yeah, they're bad, 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 boring. I was just hoping for the the, the Bengals, but you got to win, and they did it. So, uh, what's, what's your thoughts on his day, Will? Uh, AJ Green might be back for not our game, but he might come back for Baltimore. So maybe that will help us a little bit. And that holding penalty, that's just good coaching. That's all I can say. The last time I seen holding like that was at a central dance when they were playing Motown like My Girl or something. <laughs> Grabbing each other. It was the last dance before you got to leave at 11 o'clock and everything. And Matt was going to talk about a little bit, uh, and so was Freddie, about that Tavon Young, that good young cornerback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, if you want to – it's your idea. You know, I know you said they brought him in for a visit, but I don't, you know, I don't like Smurf cornerbacks. So you guys. <laughs> Fred, uh, you want to take this one? I mean, I I don't have much to add other to that other than that. I I mean, he's been sticking out. He stood out in the in the Steelers game against them. Um, he, he really stood out to me in the last week. Really, time, every time I turn on the Ravens, there's this little 5'8 corner out of Temple making plays, and he's a guy who all the Steelers fans didn't want. Um, I know we took Artie early, so we weren't going to take another one. We were going to take three defensive backs in the first uh, four rounds. But, man, this guy is making plays, and I hate to see it on a team that we play so much. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Any thoughts on on him, Fred? Yeah, just kind of like when you said uh, I liked him, uh, certainly not in the first round, but like a third, fourth rounder. But like we we had talked earlier before we came on that you know once once the Steelers took already really didn't see them taking another cornerback and I I think one one of the one of the readers on BTSC um, kind of coined the phrase which Tavon would have fit right into kind of going what you said Dave about you know having Smurfs because we have Golson who's about the same size because we have Willie Gay who's little we used to have Blake he 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 called them the gnarly gnomes. <laughs> no, hardly <laughs> no. They're these tough world guys. So Tavon uh, would have fit with that. I liked him, and I knew we weren't going to get him. Like, and I echo what Matt. Said. I just can't stand to see him playing for the for the Ravens. He did. I remember in a game when we played him, they threw a quick little screen out to Antonio Brown. He made a hell of a play to come up and fight through a block and make tackle. He's he's a, he's a scrapper. He's going to get uh, mismatched at times with with the bigger guys, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. I just hate to see a guy like that uh, in 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 the purple. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and like here's watching, what I'm gonna uh, do next one together. I'm gonna sing, or I'm gonna do a rap of all the Cleveland quarterbacks, <laughs> and I'll write them all down. I'll either sing it or I'll do a rap song, and I'll name all their. Okay, would that get me <laughs> off the hook? That can be our new our new intro music instead of the Renegade. We're just gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have that play for I tell you, they we need to we need to alter that one a little bit. Keep the music, but change the quotes. Because every time I hear Tomlin say we're gonna unleash hell in December, I'm just waiting for someone to go not right after. I mean, we might as well have me, you know, in high school saying on there, you know, Mom, I'm I'm gonna clean my room right after this. It holds <laughs> just as much water, you know. <laughs> So new new intro music, Sabo rapping the Browns quarterbacks to renegade and do the same. Boy, that thing to come out of this podcast in a while. Alright guys, moving right along, um, enough Bengals and Ravens talk. Um 
Titans versus Bears, 27-21, Titans win. Barkley actually making the game of it. Um, and we'll, we'll touch a little bit more on that Barkley later because some injury news coming out of the Bears. Um, but he was one pass away from stealing this game. Um, fourth and goal, um, hit the receiver. I don't remember who. I honestly can't name the Bears receiver because they're missing White and Jeffrey. Um, but he hit him in the, in the chest. Um, receiver was, I think he was rolling for it or something like that. And receiver dropped it, so. Really not on Barkley, even though he did have a end zone pick earlier in the game. Jaguars versus the Bills. Uh, Bills win 28-21. McCoy comes back after having hand surgery the same week to rip off a 75-yard run. Um, just a team to keep an eye on. I know Stabo is going to be at this game. Um, but Unless it's this is not, Yeah, it's not going to be as easy as a game um, to, to win as we would have thought earlier in the week. Sammy Watkins comes back from injury and only has three catches, takes him for 80 yards. Um, McCoy's averaging like 5.5 yards a carry. Taylor's averaging something like seven yards a carry. Um, but this is a pretty good team right now. Um, and their record is the same as the Steelers, I believe, six and five. Um, so just something to keep an eye on. Dolphins versus 49ers. Um, Dolphins rolling right over um, again with another win, 31 to 24. Um, this I was talking to Fred and Sabo about this earlier. Is this going to be the same thing that happened last year with the Chiefs? The Steelers play an 0-5 Chiefs team and then lose, and then the Chiefs go undefeated the rest of the way. Steelers this year played an 0-4 Dolphins team. Steelers lose. And so for the Dolphins, I've gone on a seven-game winning streak and are undefeated the rest of the way. I don't know what it is about beating the Steelers that is some sort of good, you know, good vibes or something, but if you are a team other than the Browns and you don't have a win this season, play the Pittsburgh Steelers because <laughs> good things happen, apparently. Other than the Browns, there's there's nothing that, that can help them. Um, moving forward, Patriots versus Jets. This is part of that 4 o'clock game that was almost – there were so many almost upsets going on with this game. Um, Patriots win 22-17. Jets almost take it. Um, Malcolm Mitchell with the go-ahead touchdown kind of ruined it. Um, Jets kind of laid out the format on how to beat the Patriots, though, how to bang up Brady, get Rob Gronkowski out of the game, um, and play solid defense. So, you know, one of those things is definitely going to happen. Now we just got to hope Brady gets banged up or something because, man, I I hate watching the Patriots win every week. Um, Any thoughts on that game or you want to move right along? This was like a horseshoe grenade game. It was almost close. They almost won in the last <laughs> back time. Yeah. It was brutal. It was brutal. I can only imagine what it was like the Jets fans because I'm friends with the Jets fan, and that is pretty much all that he was leading for this year. You know, spoil That's the Patriots. We know we're going to play us. Yeah. Yeah. About all, yeah. all I'll say is I, as I was watching the end, the Jets got the ball, and they had a chance to come down. To potentially, I, I I knew there's no way they're not gonna the Patriots aren't gonna lose, but to, you just know it's coming. And here it is, and 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 the, the Patriots, by the way, they don't have a pass rush. They don't. They got rid of their their best passes. But the the ancient what the Long because it Chris Long is Howie Long's son. Yeah. There goes Fitzpatrick on the on on the on the driver. He comes whipping around the edge and knocks the ball out of his hand for a fumble and recovers it. You knew it was coming. 
the Jets were going to be the Jets. Fitz, Fitz, Fitz magic was going to go up in smoke, and that's what happened. So it was just inevitable how it was going to happen and uh, how he long sunned it, it. So it was just a matter of how. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. But, yeah, that's all I got on that one. That's, it was coming. You, you saw it. <laughs> Yeah, so let me keep an eye on there. Um, Malcolm Mitchell, their wide receiver, uh, two touchdowns last week. I think he has a touchdown in back-to-back games. Um, had some, like, 90 yards the week before. He's he's playing well. Definitely something to keep an eye on and pray that he is not an, a new stud receiver for Brady to throw to <laughs> for the next 40 years. Um, all right, another – this one actually was an upset. Probably the biggest one of the – I don't know about the year. Definitely have the week to me, though. Buccaneers over the Seahawks, 14-5. to Weird stat line um, <clears throat> with the Seahawks getting the safety. But, I mean, it, it, this was this was the Mike Evans game for sure. Um, Mike Evans ended with eight catches, 104 yards, two touchdowns. This was coming – this wasn't like they, they played him against Revis um, or opposite um, side of the field as Revis either. I mean, he was matched up against Revis on um, – but these Tamales catching a, a, a long touchdown, maybe 30 yards Matt, ago mean, over mean, Revis, too. Matt, do you mean Sherman? Well, I'm not saying Revis. Sherman. I do mean Sherman. That other <laughs> that other quarter, cornerback. Um, <laughs> okay. Sherman, thank you. Good catch. Um, not ready to, to say that uh, the breaking news of Darrell Revis now traded <laughs> to Seahawks. Yes, Richard <laughs> Sherman, good catch. Thank you. Um Definitely upset to me. Didn't see it happening. Um, good game. Fun to watch. Um, just a couple more of these. Panthers versus Raiders. Another almost upset. Raiders squeaking out a win, 35-32. to 32. They were, had it comfortably early. Um, Derek Carr um, dislocated a couple fingers, though. I want to say it was second quarter, and Panthers just fell blood in the water, and they came roaring back, um, charged on the head. Derek Carr comes back in. Um, takes them for, you know, the win. It was another close one, but it, it kind of lets you know where this AFC is right now. There's not really a powerhouse. Um, Patriots look vulnerable. Raiders have a good offense and a gutsy coach, but a bad defense that gave up 32 to the Panthers. This AFC is wide open uh, for sure. Second to last game, uh, I want to talk about Chiefs versus Broncos. This was the game of the year for me. I don't know if you guys saw this one. Um, Chiefs peak out a 30-27 overtime win. Um, I mean, this this was, this game just had it all for me. Um, crazy turnovers, overtime, sacks, safeties. You know, forget the – I always thought that the, the sack, strip, fumble recovery, return for a touchdown was the greatest, you know, thing you could happen on a play. Forget that. Get a, get a safety and then – return the punt, like, with Tyree Kill for a touchdown, because that is – I mean, it was just, it was a crazy turn of momentum for the Chiefs. And that guy, Tyree Kill, scoring a touchdown on a pass, on a run, on a punt return. Um, this Chiefs team, I mean, it's it's a little hard to, to think that the Steelers whooped them so bad, dropping what, something like 40 points on them way back ago in week uh, four. Um, really, really just crazy. I don't know if you guys caught this game or have any thoughts on it. I, I did, and actually, you're right. It, this was uh, the Sunday night game. Uh, yes. Game, game of the week, like you said, gamer. It was Justin Justin Houston, the the great Chiefs pass rusher. 
He came back off of Pup List, much like Arlo Darius. The week before, I think, was his first week back. And played a little bit and didn't do, uh, you know, a couple years ago, if you remember, he had 22 sacks. Well, the first quarter of the game, he owned the game. The the I can't I don't know off the top of my head the name of the the Broncos right tackle and nobody will know him because he owned him he had three sacks on him he like you said he had to he came from the other side and did the strip sack fumble in the end zone he had ten as uh, pro football focus will record run stops where you stop him short of what they need to gain on a certain play he had ten Tom Bahali was having a good year has eleven on the season. The the, the 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 Broncos right tackle, they had to take him out of the game and put in the guy that got benched for him. And the other guy, Stevenson, did a reasonable job. And the only reason I, he did that, if you ask me, he was holding Justin Houston, and, and the refs just figured we can't call holding every down. He, Justin Houston was ready to take over the game. But like you said, why this is a great game, Bob Miller, I'm sure these guys take it personal. That – we're in Denver, and this guy is doing this to me. And Von Miller got three sacks and, and upped his game and was taking over for them. And then I would have never thought if they were playing last year, the Broncos are up by one, and they're trying to run the clock out, and they hit another long touchdown. That was their thing. The Chiefs blitzed and played man-to-man like every play. And the Broncos finally started going deep, and they were burning them. I'm like, why do you keep doing this? They're just burning you. And they did. So the Broncos with an eight-point lead, would you ever think that they're going to go for an eight-point lead? Last year, they could. They, they, every lead was good for them. And, the, and then the Chiefs come down and score with a touchdown, which they were marking short, and the clock was going to run out. And they said, wait a minute, let's review it. He didn't have the ball until he got into the end zone. So it counts, and now we got to go for two when they get it. And then the Broncos score a field goal overtime. And then the Chiefs come back and score a field goal. And then the Broncos try a 62-yard field goal. Kubiak, are you nuts? I I think the thin air is getting to him. He said he wanted to win, but that gave that gave the, the Chiefs the ball on, on the Broncos' 48-yard line with like a minute left. And they hit a couple plays. And then to top it off, I think it was a 30-yard field goal. The guy kicks it. I see it going right down the hash mark. I go, oh, no, he's going to miss it. It hits the upright. And ricochets in, and half the players couldn't tell whether or not the Broncos are cheering because they thought he missed it, but he didn't. But then the Chiefs didn't know they thought he missed it, but it went in. That was the craziest game I've ever seen. That was fantastic. <laughs> if they were all like that, oh, my God. That, I don't know if you saw it, Sable. That was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. Great game. That would be a good Thursday night game. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I saw what I think the kicker from Denver when he lined up for that 63-yard field goal. I think he thought he was turned the wrong way, he was <laughs> be, and everything. But Kansas City has taken a page out of Denver's playbook. They're going with a great pass rush. Houston and Tam Tamba Holly are taking the place of where. And Vaughn Miller, you can yeah. win. They proved you could win with great pass rushers can stop an offense. And I, I think that's the way they're going. They got some good pass rushers there. And they got that. Don't uh, forget about D4. And he was injured. And he's fantastic, too. Yeah. 
Yep. And they got that uh, um, their cornerback, that Peters, or you know, yep. I am on names. Oh, Marcus Peters. Yeah. Marcus Peters. That's a good shutdown guy. That's just like what they have over in Denver with <laughs> yeah. um, with Chris Harris and that uh, other guy, Metalib. Yeah. They're good. No people. doubt. And, and what what you hear from a lot of uh, former you know NFL scouts and stuff. Now, Daniel Jeremiah said it's that you draft and you're building your team. You, you you draft and you build a team, and you say, all right, this is what we got to do to win our division. And those yep. Chiefs have done that, and with a really solid team. Um, I I don't think any of us would expect the same sort of outcome if we play them um, again this yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, I I think it, it would be a, a great game. Um, I think the Steelers would win, but nothing like they did before. This is a different team. This is a it's a Bad team right now. I mean, in a good way. There's a bad group of guys over there um, that they've got, um, and they're doing and with with Alex Smith at quarterback. And I don't know if you guys saw that staff uh, that stat I put. Um, I don't know if our listeners heard this one, um, but that that dink and dunk thing that Alex Smith does, I didn't realize just how much he did it until I saw the stat that Matt Ryan has played one more career game than Alex Smith has. But he has ten thousand more passing yards than Alex Smith. That is just the craziest thing I've ever heard. That is insane. I mean, ten thousand. That is. I mean, that's that's seasons worth. Well, he got it all in one game. That was that one <laughs> extra game. He got ten thousand. <laughs> that's right. I, game I think, of the Matt, century. just to piggyback on what you were saying, quick about uh, you know uh, Alex Smith thinking and dunking. And and there was parts in that game where if the Chiefs had a penalty or if they had a negative yard or a sack, they looked like they were afraid to throw the ball down the field. They just said, we're just going to run it or we'll just throw a screen. But you know who even, I think, if he continues at this rate, is going to have less yardage than Alex Smith. As a matter of fact, I think they're going to take yards away. If you watch the Vikings, Sam Bradford, he throws the ball five yards down the field. Max, that's it. <laughs> they're gonna. He's gonna have. They're gonna take yards away from him. They're gonna subtract yards. He's gonna be in the negative. But anyways, yeah. Um, they, I uh, think that they Hill can... kid. The, I think he's the most exciting player I've seen this year. I mean, when oh, he ran, yeah. what, the pass, run, the punt return. Uh, he drop kicked the ball for two points. I mean, he was in the end zone, <laughs> knock him down. A, I mean, he was doing everything. That's one of the fast. Did you guys kids. see? Did you see on his uh, on his punt return? So say he's running down the sideline, then he high five oh, his teammate yeah. as, he, as he's running by. Yeah. I mean that. I thought that was just great. He's an exciting player for sure. Um, and I agree with you about the Vikings. Um, I want to transition right into that. Of course, can't leave out the last game. Um, to play, I think it was the Monday night game. Uh, Eagles losing to the Packers, thirteen to twenty-seven. Uh, Rodgers, Stan Rodgers, had probably his best game of the year. Um, played very, very well, um, something that they're going to need moving forward. Um, the Eagles team looks like they're struggling a little bit, um, need to find their identity and hope that they can squeeze out a wild card somehow. Um, all right, transition right into that Vikings game. Thursday night happened last night against the Cowboys. I mean, talk, we were talking about a crazy um, Sunday night game last week. This one was was pretty close right up there um, as far as, you know, excitement. Um, not a ton of offensive points, but 
a lot closer than any of us thought it was going to be. I, I thought I thought the Vikings were going to do it. Um, but man, Bradford just will not heave that ball down the field. That that offensive line is not going to um, protect him. Talk about a former Pitt Panther guy, T.J. Clemens over there, um, just yeah. getting worked um, at, at tackle. Um, if Bradford does not get the ball out of his hands within you know two point five seconds, he's on his back. Uh, it's just yeah, I, I think- mean. Good. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think uh, you. I was uh, secondnfl. dot com today to see if there was an update. I think I thought T.J. Clemens gonna be uh, uh, suspected domestic violence the way he let Sam get beat up. <laughs> I mean, that was horrible. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, he, he turns around, the guys are by him. That was bad. It's, it's one of those. I think T.J. has mastered the lookout block. It's like, look out, Sam. Yeah, that was bad. That was painful to watch. I felt. You, you see that after the one play, I don't even know. It was the guy they they sandwiched Bradford. It was a play he got injured on, and they show his face when he got up. <laughs> Sam took a beating. I'll tell you what. Anybody yep. that says he he's not a tough any quarterback that they takes that and goes back in, as much as Sam looks unlike a football player from any play, he's he's tough. You got to be tough to take that beating. He got he got abused. Wow. Was is Clemens? I know he started out as right. T- he wasn't left tackle in that game. Um, sometimes yeah. I get left and right mixed up. He was left tackle, but he started as right tackle. Someone got hurt. Was it? I can't remember. Load hold. Or I don't know. And they moved him know. over to left tackle. Then uh, I don't know about in this game, but they may have done it during the season because they're. I mean, their line has has suffered many injuries. So yeah. I don't know if you're talking about you know just that game if they've uh, if they moved them or you know during oh, the season. Oh, it was before that they moved them because of injuries. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Beginning of the year, then they moved him to left tackle and everything. But yeah. he is left-handed, from what I can remember, him playing a pit. So when you think that'd be his natural, you would, would be think. a left tackle. I'm not. I'm not sure if he if he's really left-handed or right-handed at this point because he. I don't even know if he knows because he's not getting a hand on anyone who's trying to rush by him. Um, it's yeah, you got to feel bad for Sam Bradford. I mean, he has taken a lot, um, a lot of slack from from guys around the league, but he's playing he's playing well. I mean, playing very well, especially given what I mean the O line that he's gotten. Um, I heard some stat. I don't know exactly if, if it's either ten or. It's something like ten or eight yards or something, but that Sam Bradford has the highest completion percentage of passes over something like eight or ten yards this season. Um, but the problem is he's not getting to throw it far because he just doesn't have time. And this is a dink and dunk offense, two weeks dream. Um, and you know, I think if, if Teddy Bridgewater didn't get hurt, you know, in training camp, he definitely would have gotten hurt um, during the season. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a miracle that Bradford hasn't. Um, gotten hurt, you know, and ended his season, you know, with his history. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that last game was, was it for the Vikings. Technically, they're still in it because of the weak division. Um, but, man, it, what a change from um, starting out this week or starting out this season. All right, that will do it for last week's um, game and last uh, and yesterday's game. Moving on to the news. And before we get to the news, I want to go ahead and toss out that number one time. Um, if you want to call in, talk football, talk Steelers, 
talk to anything um, NFL-related. The number is 347-850-8581. All right, guys, moving along. Biggest news um, of the of the week, um, really biggest news in a while. Um, Patriots star tight end Rob Gronkowski is going to miss the rest of the 2016 season. Um, after injuring his back, he can have back surgery for a herniated disc. I mean, this just blows up everything in, in you know in the AFC. Not so much the playoff picture, but once you get into the playoffs, this changes. This changes who the Patriots are. Um, I don't know how much y'all you know look at NFL.com and their writers and stuff. There's a guy there, Dave Damchek, who has he came up with something called called the Jenga theory, where there's um, there's one player on every team, not you know take out the starting quarterback because that's kind of cheating, but you take out that one player. And this this whole team just, you know, it collapses. Jenga kind of tower. And Rob Gronkowski is that guy for the Patriots. Without him, this is completely, completely different team. Even though they still got Martellus Ben and everything, I mean, this, this offense is just designed to go with Rob Gronkowski. They're not going to be able to run, smash mouth football with LeGarrette Blunt as much. Um, he's the top receiving threat. This just blows up everything um, that the Patriots had planned and really just sets up someone in the AFC, you know, Chiefs, Raiders, Steelers, Ravens, someone. It sets them up to go ahead and say, okay, you know, Patriots are going to step down. We're ready to go. We're ready to be that top team. Let's go ahead and prove it. Um, well, that at least that's my opinion on it. Fred, do you agree with me? Do you think this is a huge setback for the Patriots, or do you think this is going to be, you know, another Bill Belichick thing? Tom Brady's out, let's put his backup in, we're going to go ahead and win. Gronkowski goes out, let's put that in, and it seems like nothing ever changed. What do you think, though? No, I, I I agree with you. I mean, they they may have uh, some other pieces, I mean, uh, but Gronk, uh, they used him a little differently this year. Uh, not that he wasn't, because he's extremely dominating, but I think with Martellus Bennett adding in, um, now Gronk had missed a couple games, anyways. But I was just looking at it. Uh, Bennett had more catches. He had 42 uh, catches, 540 yards. So he's averaging like 12.9 a catch. What you would think for a tight end, Gronk, not a receiver, a tight end. Gronkowski had 25 catches, 540 yards, the exact same amount of Bennett. A tight end was averaging 21.6 yards a catch. That's insane. That's insane. So I think the fact that they had Bennett let them use Gronk even more down the field, and he was he was devastating. So I agree with you. They don't have he was their deep threat because they don't have a receiver. I know you you said that Malcolm Mitchell has has come on. And he has, and he had this other guy, Chris Hogan. The the Patriots have one thousand and one wide receivers that they run in and out, and they always seem to find somebody, but. As far as having a true deep threat, I think it, it was Gronk. And he said he leaned on him. When he was hurt, or the last time uh, he got the Super Bowl and lost against the Giants, Gronk was hurt. And, he, and he, he played in the game, but he couldn't do anything. And I remember the Giants players saying, once we knew that he was basically just a decoy, we didn't have to worry about him. And they lost. Um, so I, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, the, the wizard Belichick or Belichick will probably come up with something. They won't, you know, they're not going to totally fall apart. But to your point, in the playoffs, when those games get more intense and you, you need that, he was a mismatch. 
If you remember the Super Bowl when they beat Seattle, when they they split him out wide, and the first time that instead of having a corner or a safety, they 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 walked the linebacker arm. Brady threw to him for a touchdown. He's just so such a mismatch. I know we haven't uh, we didn't have it listed here, but another thing too, which of course would be if if you saw Brady going into the last week's game, missed a couple practices, and during the game he's got something going on with his right knee, and he was not moving around as much. So on top of Gronkowski, we'll see going down moving forward if that if that uh, makes him. And of course. I don't want anybody injured, but if somebody's got injured, why couldn't they wait till after the Patriots play the Ravens in a couple of weeks? <laughs> that, 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 that's my biggest thing. If Gronk's going to go out, at least he could have waited a couple of weeks. Thanks for nothing. What do you think, Sabo? Matt, what did you call it? The Django effect. <laughs> the, the, it's called the, the Jenga theory, and I wish I, I could take credit for it, but uh, okay. Dave Damashek is the guy who came up with it. And yeah. I He's a Steelers fan too. I think for for us, it's thank you, Brown. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, here's what I'm saying. If you go with the Django, we're not talking about Gronkowski. Also, you got to think about they lost Jamie Collins, who I thought was their best defensive player. So not only one Django, they got two Django's, Gronkowski <laughs> and Jamie Collins. Now I think that throws the Super Bowl up like it could be anyone now losing Gronkowski, and we got to think about that Jamie Collins really hurts that defense and everything like that. When Gronk was coming out on his I do index cards for the draft, I had him being the best tight end. But first round I didn't know, and the reason I didn't have him in the first round is because I thought he was injury prone and he had a bad back. Now, I know he's been in the league for a long time, but I think it's finally caught up to him and everything like that. I'm like you guys. I think this throws it completely open for some other team other than New England. New England could drop out. They're probably going to have some bye weeks and everything. But I do not think they're as invincible as we think they are. And with Brady, with his knee hurting him now and everything like that, that's that's three big three big minuses we have going on. So I think probably the Steelers are back in the hunt. If they can get over uh, – beating the Giants and Buffalo, and I think they're going to beat Baltimore here and everything. I, I think they're going to be – I think they're going to get in their division and everything and get over uh, – I, I don't think, think the Ravens are as good as we think they are. they got a good defense, good coach, and they got the greatest kicker in the world and everything like that. But I think that throws it completely open now with Gronk. And, Agreed. we got to think Jamie Collins, I think, really hurts them. I think he cut let his me, nose by his face. Let me let me ask you guys a question here. Just uh, for me, this has helped me. I think it will maybe help our listeners too. Put this all in perspective. Who's the best team in the NFL right now? Um, either either conference. Um, I mean, you say maybe Raiders, maybe Seahawks. Who do you guys think best team in the NFL? If I had to say right now, right now. Boy, this is not easy because there's no – everybody's got flaws. Uh, a few weeks ago, I might have said Seattle. Their offensive line is awful. And that's why they – just I was going to say before, when you went through the Seattle Bucks, nobody saw this coming. I picked I picked Tampa to win. A little bit of a hunch, but I did pick them to win. Um, 
uh, right now I'd probably have to say, even though their defense is okay, I'd probably go with Dallas. I'd probably go with Dallas only because they have, to me, almost a perfect offense. They have the best offensive line in the world. They have a running back who can run tough. He can break them. They got the backup and Matt Morris who can just come in and pound. They have a possession veteran tight end. They got the little Nat pain in the butt wide receiver Beasley. They got the beast outside Des Bryant. I think the only thing they might not have is the pure speedster down the field. But they have and they have a quarterback who's playing great and can scramble and make plays with his feet. I just they have like a perfect offense. They have every single thing you'd want on offense. So I I go with them for that. Pittsburgh can get there. But right now, I'd probably go with Dallas. What about you, Sable? Check, 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 Dallas. Just like you said, best offensive line, good quarterback. You need a big three offensively, I think. So they got the quarterback in Dak. They got Elliott, the running back. They got the wide receiver in Bryant, who I think might be able to get a little bit deep. You got Witten. Their defense. Well, who are they starting to sound like? Could it be the Steelers? <laughs> yeah. But they got the big three. That's what you win. And here's, you know, how I always come up with something goofy. I'd say they get to the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones, okay, they're in the Super Bowl. And the last game, he starts Romo. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic idea. I I I think I think Cowboy Nation America's team might might actually revolt on that one. I think they would actually go. It yeah, if any points. Dallas people call, can call us at three four seven eight five zero eight five eight one. I'm saying in the Super Bowl they're going to bench Dak and they're going to go with Romo, or Dak gets hurt was... just a little bit and they go with Romo. <laughs> Why I wanted to why I wanted to ask that is because that's I mean just put that in perspective for all our listeners, all, all the NFL fans, all the Steelers fans, best team in the NFL right now, we can agree, Dallas Cowboys, who we would not ever play again this season unless we both went to the Super Bowl. This NFL is wide open right now for some powerhouse yeah. to come in and take this Lombardi. I mean, the, the Steelers were right there with the Cowboys, and by no means is anyone going to say that they played their best game um, of the year. I mean, uh, now no. if we can get Dupree going, if we can get Green going, if we can get Sammy Coates back and going, this offense is going to be different. If we can get our rookie stepping up, playing better, our defense will be different. This, I mean, this, these are the reasons for optimism. Um, I, I, I've been very pessimistic because – we lost Cam Hayward, um, but if Hargrave can even play, you know, I mean, just continue to improve, I think that will minimize um, Hayward's absence a great deal. I mean, going from Hayward to Hargrave is a lot different than last year um, if we would have lost Hayward. Um, so I, I'm just saying for all, for all Steelers fans and everything, um, this NFL is wide open. If the Steelers can go on a run here, there's no team – that is definitively better that they will face um, again this season. I I, I don't think. Um, no, just in my no. humble opinion. 
But uh, just reason for optimism. Of course, all this call could get blown up with, you know, a loss to the Giants and a loss to the Ravens. But it's our podcast. <laughs> We're being optimistic here. Everyone else can deal with it. Um, and if you don't like it, call in. But moving on so we can get to this week's slate of games, um, just a couple more injury news. Jay Cutler out for the rest of the season. Um, of course, missed last week's game. But he is officially out. Um, he's going to have surgery to repair a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder. And I, I don't want to get you guys too excited here, but this means five more weeks of Matt Barkley. Five more <laughs> weeks. I mean, what, what gets better than that, you know? Five more weeks. Um, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer, of course, he wasn't at last night's game. He had to have emergency eye surgery for a torn retina. Um, he, I haven't heard of any sort of timetable on him. But, of course, their special teams coach stepped up to be the interim head coach. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye this on Mike Zimmer name. moving forward. What's the special What's team's up? name? Uh, I'm going to have a feeling, but I think that's the receiver. Um, what is his name? I don't remember. I don't remember the name. Okay. But, yeah, sorry, uh, I'll look it up when, when you're talking. Um Two more Falcons uh, have officially lost Desmond Trufant for the year. Pro Bowl cornerback has a pectoral injury. Um, big loss to them as they were hoping to get him back. RG3 also has been cleared for contact and is expected to return after the Browns' bye week this week. So I'm putting the over-under at three quarters until he gets knocked out again. I mean, the Browns have to have set some sort of record for quarterbacks who have been knocked out of games. RG3, then McCown, then Kessler, then McCown again, and Kessler. I mean, now we're circling back to RG3. Um, but you have to put did, them out there. Because did they have the somebody else? Money. Did they have somebody uh, else that was going to play or no? I can't remember. I remember Pryor played a few snaps. Um, oh, okay. Court, quarterback, but I think that's it. Um, but, I mean, this is, a, for me, it's a lose-lose Lose, lose, lose. I'm going to keep saying that yeah. 16 more times situation for the Browns here because you get RG3 back um, and you got to put him out there. You pay him all this money. You, you just you have to. Um, he either gets injured again and or, I mean, which is likely because everyone's getting injured on that team or, you know, best case scenario, which is a bad case scenario, he does just enough to put you behind the 49ers um, in the draft, and maybe he wins you a game. You don't go in 16, and then you miss out on another Ben Roethlisberger, on a on a um, Carson Wentz. I mean, they've gone through years of missing out on top quarterbacks. So it's it's just crazy. I don't know. It's it's all just something to, to watch and see how this all plays out. Because I mean, RG3 is going to be back. He could be an upgrade, but is an upgrade really what this team needs right now? Or I'm not saying anyone wants to tank it. I know they want to win a game, but one win could could really mess up their future. Um, Behind the Niners, so, no. Don't the Niners have two wins? Two. I thought the yeah. Niners had. Oh, they do two. have two wins. Okay, okay. So that's good. so one win could do it. All right. Um, what do you go, Fred? Just mess up everything I just said. Um, well, I was getting. Uh, sorry, man. Um, the only thing I wanted to just mention quickly when you said RG3 has been cleared for contact, that's good because I think he's going to get it. I think he's going to get contact. 
That's for sure. And I did happen to look up the Minnesota Vikings special teams coach was Mike Prefer. So I don't know oh, if they yeah, the preferred, great Mike preferred him, but uh, yeah, he preferred. Uh, prefer, yep. Okay. It's kind of like you uh, <laughs> did the Sherman wrong. Now uh, we're, we're going to call you guys <laughs> Sherman and Peabody and everything. Do you know <laughs> what? Do you know what? The, it's the year next year, the year of the what in the Chinese. In the Chinese, Chinese year calendar? Uh, the know. year. Uh, they, they, what, do, they, do they have the year of the turtle? I, I don't know if they have that. I don't even think they have turtle. I think it's. The, we're getting so I know off they, topic. I know they have like dragons and the oh. year. You know, I know. Okay. I know they rotate them and stuff, but I don't. I, I don't know. It's the year of the pet what? injury. Of the what? <laughs> pet the muscle. Pec injury. Pec injury. The pectoral injury. <laughs> <laughs> must, must be. It is. Uh, yeah. Someone has a pec injury. some foresight right there. Yeah, I know. You know uh, no, nobody had pec injuries before. They get them now. All right. <laughs> so uh, when you're saying it's so Aaron it's a good thing it's clear for contact, I, it's kind of like saying, you know, RG3 being clear for contact, it's kind of like a plane, you know, coming crashing down saying you've been cleared for landing. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much the same thing we are going on. All right, moving on. Enough about we'll last talk about that soccer entry game. news. Um, this week's game, let's start about Steelers versus Giants. We managed this time pretty well. We got about a half hour until um, whoever our little automated voice will kick us off. Um, Steelers versus Giants. Um, this one is at home for the Steelers. That's right, right? I'm blanking here. Yeah, it's home game, right? Okay, at home yeah. for the Steelers, Ben against Eli, Brown against Beckham. Um, maybe the toughest game the Steelers have remaining um, outside. I don't know. That Ravens game is always such a toss-up. But I think this is maybe the best team, definitely the best record they've, they're going to play. Um, a lot of people aren't really giving the Giants due respect, saying they've played easy teams. But, I mean, they're sitting there at 8-3, and three, some of the Steelers wish they had. And this is this is a good team. This Giants um, defense is very good. Jason Pierre-Paul is stepping up. Um, Vernon is um, showing them why he gave them some money. And Norris Jenkins is playing well, too. It's I mean, this is a good team. They have no run game, but they haven't made them yet. So thoughts on this game? Um, who do you think is going to win? They definitely picked a game. And, yeah, what are your thoughts, guys? Yeah, um... Like you said, the Giants are, are are not getting respect, and sometimes, a lot of times, statistics can be overrated. They're eight and three, so that's all that counts. Um, if you look at, uh, if you ever go to Pro Football, Pro Football Reference, they'll they'll do something. I've heard this before. You can estimate what a team's win and loss record should be given by their points given up on their points that they allowed. I mean, it's pretty simple. Just just do a square. If you go by that, the Giants' record by what they've given up and, and allowed should be about six and five. Playing into that, you know, they've been a little luckier than than what they. Uh, but again, all that matters is your wins and losses. I will say this: on the road, which is where this is game going to be for the Giants, they've only scored over twenty points on the road um, two times. And the, the second time was last week against the Browns. Their their offense in they have Odell. He's fantastic. He's and they have 
Sterling Shepard, good young slot wide receiver, and Victor Cruz. That's about it. So they have those receivers that could give us trouble. But other than that, they're scoring their points. They're uh, they're twenty first. You think with those receivers they do better, but as you mentioned, they can't run the ball. They've gotten a little better recently, but they still they're averaging like three point four yards a carry. The uh, the Steelers, by the way, at home, as far as scoring, the only time we didn't score 20 at home was when Landry Jones was in. When Ben's been in at home, they scored 24 in the bank, against the Bengals in the rain. They scored 43 against the Chiefs. They scored 31 against the Jets. Uh, they scored 30 against Dallas. Um, now, the Giants probably had the best, one of the best defenses they faced outside of the Ravens so far, and where the Giants are incredible are against the run. They got that uh, Snacks, <laughs> Snacks Harrison. That's a perfect name for a nose tackle. Snacks yeah. Harrison. So I think the, the Steelers are going to have their work cut out trying to run the ball. The Giants are tough on the run, and they got that Landon Collins, who in his second year, last year, in some of the draft mocks, the mock drafts, some of them had him going to the Steelers. He came out of Alabama, looked more like a hitter. Didn't do a lot last year, but he. Some guys you got to wait before you start calling a bust. He's playing uh, fantastic, and as you said, Janoris Jenkins. Their defense is miles ahead. It's kind of like they flipped around last year. Their defense sucked. They couldn't hold anybody in their offensive score. Now their defense is playing really well, but their offense. I I don't see unless to me if you just I, you got to blitz Eli. You got to get pressure because you're going to rid of the ball quick. They go no huddle. I didn't know this. The Giants have kept the same personnel for 95% of their snaps. Three wide receivers. They just they don't sub. They go no huddle. And that's why Tomlin said, if you saw his press conference, it's a chance for Steeler Nation to step up. And if they're going no huddle and you make noise and make it more difficult for them. So, but. Eli gets rid of him quick. You still got to pressure him, but I would not. What the Steelers have been doing more recently, they did it against the Brown, the Browns. They did it against the blitzing and playing man, and they've been getting away with it. Already got burned a few times. A couple guys got burned. I wouldn't do it against the Giants because I think the only way they're really going to score is if they hit Beckham and he takes off and makes a big play. Other than that, I don't see them scoring a lot. Our defense is playing better, uh, and the Giants don't score. They they, they they haven't hit 30 yet this year. We've hit 30 like four times. I know their defense stuff. I I see um, Ben, if Darius Green keeps coming on, and it sounds like Sammy is getting there. That's the biggest difference. The first five games of the year we were scoring, it's because we hit big plays. Sammy was doing great. And I think Todd Haley was using a little reverse, reverse psychology if you heard in his weekly, they have coordinators corner, and they asked him about Sammy, and he said, yeah, he's working on it. He goes, but I think he needs to get to where, when he gets to where he's mentally tough and he could block that out. Well, you know Sammy heard that. So I think I think just trying to not call him out, but trying to, to, to push him. I think he's getting there. The, I, I don't, if the Steelers are who I think they're going to be, and the, Giants, the Steelers are going to win this team. I, I think the Giants will keep it relatively close. If we can get a, a score on defense, we'll we'll put it away. But I, I see it somewhere in the neighborhood. I'm going to say the Steelers like 27 to, to 19. 
the Steelers. That's that's what I see. What about you, Sable? Um, I don't think the Giants have scored 28 points. I know you said 30, but I think the most point they scored is 28. Um, the matchup I'm worried about is Odell Beckham against. It's got to be Cockrell. It can't be against Burns. <laughs> no. If they have Burns against them, I'm I'm sorry. Burns is going to have Mitchell, I guess, over top. But I'd rather maybe have Cockrell covering him wherever he goes, and then you have Sean Davis. I don't. That's going to be the tough. But their matchup is A B against Jack Rabbit Jenkins. That's his new nickname now. <laughs> Rabbit Jenkins. So I think who would win that? I I would probably go with the Giants because I think Jenkins is a little bit better than Cockrell or Burns and everything. The other thing we got to look at, Ben is still pissed off that he wasn't drafted before Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers. Um, so that gives him, I think, he's going to be on his top. He hate, I think he hates Eli Manning. I mean, they talked. He said, we just talked, you know, casually and everything. But we're not going to, just like you said, we're not going to run up the middle. Um, that nose tackle is very good, Harrison, and everything. So I'd run on the edges against two fingers, Pierre. Uh, <laughs> I'd make him try to tackle and everything like that. You're going to have to get some pressure. Uh, I know he goes no huddle, like you said, a lot with uh, – uh, Cruz is not the Victor Cruz that we can remember and everything. That Sterling Shepard is pretty good and everything. Uh, so Gay's going to pick up Cruz. I give that to Gay. So whoever gets the Shepard will be the uh, Burns. Two rookies against each other. Uh, I'm trying to think what else we got. We got Ben Pressure. Um, I. I think it's going to be close to 27, 28 points. If we get 30, we win. I just don't think the Giants are going to come in with this game. And here's the big thing. You ready to yell at me? This could be a trap game for the Giants. Because guess who they play next week? Uh, I know know who they play. Yep. Um, The best team in the The league, according to us. Headed trap game. But they could possibly be thinking. I know Dallas is way ahead of them and everything, but you got two games like the Steelers, and then next week you go against Dallas. I don't believe in that trap game stuff, but I don't know why I said it, but I did. <laughs> everything. So I I think the Steelers, uh, their offensive line. I hope the Castro's okay. I try to find out today, you know, about him. But if he doesn't, then it's Finney's going to play B.J. Finney. So that's, okay, that's a, Sabo, just to, just to update you there, I did go and check her, and I just want to double-check again. Um, DeCastro practiced fully today. Okay. Um, so um, the only nobody's listed as doubtful, nobody listed as questionable. The only two guys on injury report are Hayward Bay and D'Angelo both out. So sounds – Sounds like he's okay. Sounds like he got some chicken soup or something. So, okay, we got Marcus Gilbert. Marcus Gilbert is really playing good in pass protection and run blocking. He's gonna he's gonna stuff uh, two fingers, Pierre. 
I like that. Uh, what's his name? Oliver Werner. Werner Oliver. I don't know some name like that. He's he's another good guy and everything like that. But I'm telling you, the best safety right now, I think, is that Landon Collins. Um, no doubt. You know, he is really probably the best safety. He might be the best defensive player. He does a lot of things for them and everything. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Beckham. Beckham, they're going to try to go to him early in the game. I think he can be taken out, but I don't know if we got the cornerback stick in. I think if Mitchell hits him one time, you know, that could throw him a little bit off his game. Um, trying to think who else they got. Their offensive line. Uh, uh, Pew, their guard, he's out. So they're going to have to yeah. do a backup on that and everything like that. So that's not going to be their starter. Um, doo, doo, doo. They're running back. Um, I liked him. I think Jennings played for Pitt for a while. I think he transferred or something like that. But their running attack is nothing. If you can shut down that and make them one-dimensional, their tight end is – I can't even remember his name. He's nothing and everything. They got nice. They got nice defense and everything. If we can get Val out on their middle linebackers, that Shepard and Castillo, I think they can be beat and everything there. Um, Eli Apples, their third cornerback, we wanted him when he was coming out. Um, so he's going to pick up our third wide receiver, which will probably be um, Eli Rogers. I think that's going to be a wash and everything like that. Like I said, you're going to have to go deep to Coates. Um, even go deep to Green. I don't care. That was going to be. What's your what's your what's your pick, Sam? Because we are we are going to have to move it along because we're she's going to cut us off so soon. So I got to get your pick, but no, I'm going to go with uh, Steelers. Okay, I don't I don't mean to rush you, but I'm sure our uh, our automated voice lady is going to tell us that we're taking too much time to kick us off. Um. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Steelers, although that the Giants' defense is, uh, I mean, they're, they're for real. They're playing well. I agree with everything you're saying about Landon Collins. I mean, he's got something like five picks, three sacks, I and mean, they're using them all over the place. Um, he's playing He's playing out of his mind. Um, it, it's really fun to watch. Um, so all of us taking the Steelers, for me, that's really a, a, a pick more with my heart than with my gut. Um but definitely, definitely looking forward to that game. Another game that everyone's going to be wanting to watch, and we're going to fly through these last ones um, before we need to name them, before this uh, this voice who we haven't named yet and we need to. So, um, other game of the week for us, game everyone's going to be tuning into, Miami versus Baltimore. It's kind of a win-win for us because Miami's got the um, head-to-head tiebreaker over us. Um and they're seven and four right now, so wild card scenario, which you know is is a stretch. Um, it would be good for the a Dolphins loss, but everyone I think is going to be rooting for um, them to beat the Ravens. Um, I I'm picking the Dolphins in this one. I don't even know if we do the segment segment anymore. But I told Fred before I was locking it up, so insert sound effect here. Um, <laughs> That's that's what I'm taking. Want to get you guys picks on this one real quick. They just want to get through maybe two or three more games, and then we'll send it on out. So Miami versus Baltimore. Who are you taking? Boy, uh, I'd love to uh, pick the Dolphins, 
and you're right going with, you know, last year the Chiefs did it after, it beat, after they beat us, and and now the Dolphins seem to be oh, doing it, but I, I'm don't just... Don't you go uh, against my lock, Fred. Don't you do it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to be a lock pick here. I'm going with the Ravens. Just, I, only because they win. I hate them, and, and they, they win. They have a, a horrible quarterback and a horrible offense, but they got the kicker with the bionic leg, and they got the defense, and and, and they win. So I I hope I'm wrong, but I'm 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 going I'm going with with the the Ravens. <laughs> what about you, say, Paul? I'm going to go with Miami. Uh, Baltimore is going to lose four games in a row. Miami's going to beat them. New England's going to beat them. Philadelphia. Then your homecoming game to see the Steelers on Christmas. <laughs> the Steelers going to win. So. Baltimore is going to be in a four-game slide. That would be fantastic. Um, I like that. And for everyone who's worried because Fred picked um, the Ravens, don't worry. I, again, I locked it up. It's done. You only have to watch the game. <laughs> it's over. Put it in the safe. I locked it. All right, another big one, Buffalo versus Oakland. Team the Steelers play next week against the top seed in the AFC right now. Um, I mean, what what a game to watch. I was talking to Sabo earlier because he's going to be at that game. Um, Steelers versus Buffalo next week. The Steelers is, is it? They're a good team. They're good. This um, Raiders defense is not good, but um, their offense is. They've got a gutsy coach. I uh, I want to pick the Bills, um, but forget it. I'm picking the Bills. I'm picking the Bills. <laughs> Just, I mean, I I think I think um I mean I think their defense is better than the Raiders. I think they have a better run game. Um, I think Taylor is playing well, and Watkins is the X-Factor. We're talking about Sam McKinnis for us being our X-Factor. Watkins for them. I mean, he's their number one receiver. Him and they're completely different. Um, so you put Taylor in there, you you get um, McCoy averaging in over five yards to carry against a bad defense, and uh, I just talked myself into it even more. Buffalo Bills. What about you, Fred? I I yeah this is this is a tough one because the Raiders I think have actually uh, for a while they were playing better uh, they're five and zero on the road and their their two losses have come at home um, so 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 there is also something to that as well and uh, the Bills you're right their their record they're six and five if you go by the the formula they should be closer to seven and four uh, but for some reason. Uh, the Raiders are charmed this year. They they take no matter what they're coming out even when they're not playing well and and they're winning and they their defense like you say is not good but they got one guy and the second guy they picked up in the off season was a Bruce Irvin from Seattle is starting to come on and Khalil Mack when they needed a, a play at the end of the game to win the game against the Panthers he got through two guys that knocked the ball away from. He's he's like Von Miller and Justin Houston. So even though their defense isn't good, they can score so much that if they force you to pass, Khalil Mack and, and Bruce Irvin are going to get it. So and the the Bills do give up sacks, and they like to play press man. Buddy Ryan or <laughs> Rex Ryan likes the, the attacking defense, and they they can get burned. Even though I think they're better, so I'm going with the Raiders in the black. Oh, what do you say, Sable? Well, he didn't yell at you for taking too much time. 
<laughs> okay, team going east to west. That's tough. Buffalo from the east going west. I'm going to go with Oakland so we don't get talked over by the English lady. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, um, and last game I'm going to bring up um, is Kansas City versus Atlanta. Alex Smith against the guy who has – you know, three seasons worth of yards more than he does. Um, <laughs> interesting, interesting game to watch. Two very good teams, um, like we were talking about before. Who do you got, Fred? Um, yeah, as you said, another tough one. We're almost the two exact opposite teams. Uh, the Chiefs have the defense and that conservative offense, and the Falcons' defense is and they lost their best corner, Desmond Trufant. And, but their offense is just amazing, especially with that little that little lightning bug that you, that you mentioned, and, and Matty Ryan having an extra game got him to ten thousand. So uh, the Falcons again, yeah, they're seven and four. They're but they, they scored three hundred fifty eight points. They scored forty one touchdowns. Um, so at, at home, I think their offense is going to make it that uh, the Chiefs just can't catch, can't play, you know. Keep keep pace from scoring. So I'm going. I'm going with the Falcons. What about you, Sabo? I'm going Falcons too. I think this might be the closest game that we talked about. Because um, Atlanta's at home, so I'm going to go with uh, Atlanta. Everything just so we don't get talked by that uh, English woman. <laughs> That's fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you. I'm, I'm gonna say Atlanta. Um, they've they've got a good formula going on. I fantasy update. I made a, a trade of Odell Beckham um, and some other players for Matt Ryan, or not for Matt Ryan, for pairing up Matt Ryan and Julio Jones on my team. So I need a big week from them. So wow. Atlanta mm-hmm. going to win this one over Kansas City. Um, that will just about do it for us. If you guys, if there's any game that sticks out to either of you guys, Fred or Sabo, that you guys really want to touch on, we can. Otherwise, I'll close this one out. Um, any game that sticks out to you guys? Well, just not a game in particular. Just a couple little tidbits that we, when we mentioned before about Odell Beckham and hopefully don't put Artie on him. Uh, Artie had said he's looking forward during the week. He was cool to say he's looking forward to going up against Odell. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with John Ledyard. He works for Inside the Pylon. He used to write, he's a good guy, he covers football. Well, he when when Artie said, you know, I'm looking forward to to going against Odell, the <laughs> ledger said, well, that makes one of us. Um, yeah, <laughs> we don't we, we don't want to see Artie on Odell. And the other, the only other one, uh, one one injury that you didn't mention, I just want to touch on, Trevor Simeon not going to play. Um, but I oh guess yeah, if you're Denver, I, I forgot that if one. You're, if you're if you're Denver and you're you're not going to play and you're going to have Paxton Lynch, I guess the Jaguars is the game you want it to be against. Um, but but it, that that was a thing. oh and I had to break I saw that the Rams are playing New England and you mentioned Jeff Fisher being on the hot seat his GM slash owner whatever said that um, you know we're not we don't look at we don't evaluate uh, Jeff Fisher just in terms of wins or losses and I saw somebody else I can't I'm sorry I don't know the name tweeted out said geez I wish in my next life I want to be Jeff Fisher you're not evaluating on wins wins and losses and. This this quote, I guess Jeff was on a conference call. They were talking about the upcoming game, New England. Jeff Fisher on a conference call, going to play the Patriots, that 
Yeah, that, that that Danny Woodhead they got as a playmaker. Woodhead is with the Chargers, and he's on IR. I think Fisher needs to go. Anyways, that's it. That's, that's what I want to finish. <laughs> you got anything oh, else, Dave? Um, if you guys get a chance, anyone that listens to our show or anything on Behind the Steel Curtain, uh, if you get a chance, watch Chuck Noll Football Life on the NFL Network. It's one hour to go so fast. It is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. And it'll tell you things about Chuck Noll. Like Bradshaw said, uh, he never patted me on the back. And Chris Noll, his son, then says, yeah, same thing happened to me. You know, so, you know, if you get a chance, whenever it's on, uh, watch Chuck Noll Football Life. It's on the NFL Network. It is just, I think he's the greatest coach, and it is one hour that will fly by. It is one of the best written things I've ever seen. Get a chance, watch it. I like it. All right, good way to close out the show. Um, good save on me, Fred. Um, but I know Paxton Lynch is going to make his second start this year. Um, I guess that will that will do it. we got a solid five minutes to spare, but I'm going to hear about our time management. But – That'll do it for uh, this week's episode of Black and Gold NFL Recap. I know we've been kind of on a week, off two weeks. We had some, of course, you know, with the holidays. We had some scheduling conflicts before. Um, we should be good to go moving forward. We look forward to talking with all y'all next week. Have our intro with Sabo doing his Browns wrap. Um, I have no idea Giant if that will happen, but it will. I'll take <laughs> it as my Christmas present. Um, all right, guys, signing off for Matt. Fred and Sabo, we will catch y'all next week. And here we go, Steelers. All right. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) When it rains, hit the lakes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.